Welcome to F the Diet Podcast. You know, sometimes you meet in life people that are really inspiring, people that the values are in the right place, people that have a history that you won't believe they turned out to be so successful. And that's the case with Olga Nesterov. Olga is a high achiever. She is a former athlete, turned into diplomat and now entrepreneur, and she is rising. She opened her own network and is all about being good for the creators. Um, it's that long story shor short, when we put our videos on YouTube, Facebook, they own our videos. And Olga decided to do differently. So without further ado, welcome Olga Nesterov. Thank you so much, Mariana. You're so amazing. Your energy is such a blessing to be around. So everybody who is listening or watching, you're up for a treat. And I want you to subscribe to Mariana's podcast because she's incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Olga. Um, Olga is phenomenal. She's always operating in a very high level. But yeah. I want to know a little bit of your background. Tell me a little bit of your story behind this incredible woman that can <laughs> carry the world and create a network. You know, we normal human beings think about creating a podcast, a book, but a, a full network, a TV is another level. So tell us a little bit about your background, your backstory. Sure. I was born in Ukraine and right now I'm so grateful that you do the 100K challenge and helping Ukraine. Um, so I was born there and um, I was very shy. I was a loner. I never had friends. I'd rather do homework and not socialize. I'm also only one child in the family that was spoiled with love and attention. So I never had to seek it elsewhere and socialize with kids. And I was a straight A student. So all the best scores, all, you know, And then by the age of six or seven, my parents took me to a dance class, like a ballroom dance class. And because my mom and she was pregnant, she said, whoever is my kid is going to be dancer. Like, okay. <laughs> and so I, you know, I had to dance with a boy and I'm like, yeah, what's happening? I don't like none of it. And then I got to competing. And then it taught me, okay, if you work hard, you can win things and people will respect you and, you know, all this story. And so I continued. And then by the age of 13, I was at the big championship in um, Germany. And afterwards, I got an invitation to move to Germany to join their national sports team. And then I was national champion, world champion, Grand Slam, all of that, athlete of the year. And Then, um, you know, in sports, especially if you sign contracts and you have sponsors involved, you practice every day. It was seven, eight hours. And by the age of 21, my body was so used that everything mm -hmm. hurt. I had herniated discs. I had, you know, where they would just like freeze my back and say, go ahead and do thing. And then I got to a doctor. And meanwhile, you know, I was living in Germany by myself um, from the age of 13. I went to school. They harassed me at school. They beat me up and burned my hair. And But then in the evening, I would compete and, like, you know, go to dance, and they would respect me. 
because I was there, you know, leader. And I realized that attention or approval is so flaky because in the morning people would hate me in the evening they would praise me and here i am i'm a teenager running my own household and all that stuff you know i was like that kid in home alone oh my parents work long that's why i'm alone you know so and then by the age of 21 i've seen a good doctor and he said do you do anything else in life i said no he's like yeah you're gonna end up in a wheelchair if you continue and i said okay And I thought I want to study because I come from a family that's very academic oriented. It's mathematicians and chemical studies, it's professors, you know. So I thought, you know, I want to study. And I went to Netherlands and they had a dual degree program. And I joined for business and management courses and was top, got into the top three students and they transferred me to United States. I chose U.S., my parents were really mad. They're like, you're going further and further away. Oh, my God. Now you crossed the <laughs> pond. So um, got to United States, and I was in North Carolina. And since I was at that point 22, you know, people were so much younger than me. So I really, again, couldn't socialize. And so I added two more degrees, which was law and political science. And my dream was to work for United Nations. I wanted to change the world. Wow. Came to New York, long story short, did the internship, start working for UN Security Council. And then I learned that politics is a thing where they told me, the higher you climb, the less you can move. And I'm like, but I want to speak up. I want to bring change. It's like, no, that's not a good space for this. And so then I got into entrepreneurship. And just by accident, I got a call. I had my website about my dance achievements and everything. I got a call from Madison Square Garden. For those who know in New York, it's a very famous arena. And they're like, can you produce a halftime show? I said, what's halftime show? At the NBA. What's NBA? They're like, it's basketball. <laughs> oh, okay. So hustled, got 38 people who never danced before, taught them how to dance. And I wanted to include people who would never imagine to be in front of people performing or being in the center of attention. And so those 38 people, I taught them for free. We performed the first show at Madison Square Garden in two weeks after receiving that call. And long story short, then it continued in, it continued for five years and I expanded to Miami, Washington, D.C., Atlanta. And we did also NHL, which is hockey and WNBA, which is women basketball. So um, it was a great thing until COVID happened and then sitting back, and I worked at other TV shows, kind of got familiar with the entertainment world, and then we were locked in. And in the United States, we had a big uh, Black Lives Matter movement. And I thought, what can we do more than just posting some dark squares on in, on Instagram, mm. you know? And I did um, organize a 12-hour fundraiser, and I got speakers and singers from five continents. We raised money for... NAACP is an organization that um, provides um, civil work, legal work for African-Americans in the U.S. who are being discriminated and uh, minorities in general. And so um, we raise money for them. And I've seen that people are so eager to have real entertainment, something that inspires them, that teaches them something. Why is there only one Oprah, one Dr. Oz? Why is there not real people? Why are there no women doctors on television? You know? Yes. And on the other hand, you have the social media world where everybody can post something 
And then they tell you, oh, you're going to make $1 per 10,000 views, but we will control how many views you're going to get. I'm like, that's not fair. Because like even to create this podcast, you need to think about it. You need to book your guests. You need to get equipment. You need to edit, publicize it, market it. You know, it spends a lot of time and effort and money and everything. So creators need to be paid. They need to own their content. So with that in mind, that's how that work behind the network started. And then two years later, I have a, I have a concept. Yes. And we're starting. Wow, that's a fantastic fantastic story. And how you came from a place that um, bullying to um, level up and making uh, even uh, playing even harder to overcome everything and get your value. And um, for at this point, I believe that you were dieting on self love. Isn't it? Because you was fighting for approval from others. But even though you learn it in sports, you learn it how to play hard, probably how to diet on your emotions and just keep moving. It builds you as an incredible human being that can achieve very high level things like opening your network. Tell me a little bit of what is the things that you felt your diet in your childhood or teenager years that you came around and you start to forget this diet and move around in these areas? What you know, was the principal area? You know, there's two things. When it comes to other people, I think socializing with kids. And I never liked, um, you know, team sports or anything like that because I... I didn't want to fight for people to like me. I wanted to deserve to be liked. I'd yeah. rather would prefer respect than being friends, you know, with girls. And he said, she said, all of this. So I, you know, had this disease to please. And it really connected with my family. I thought that by being a best student, best athlete, work at the UN, open my company, open this, open that, Even now, you know, at 35, I think, you know, what can I tell my parents that 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 they will be proud of, that that will cheer them up? And I always think that, you know, I have to achieve something. Me being me, being kind and person who exists there as a loving daughter is not enough. I have to do something to deserve love. And of course, as you grow up with this mindset, and I know who installed it into me, probably not me. I was just born, right? Um, you know, everybody comes to this world without pre-condition, right? So that sort of your environment shapes you. And then if you have this mindset, it affects your relationships with people. You know, you get into wrong relationships because you feel you have to deserve yes. love and respect. Yes. So I got into a couple of those, um, you know, and then at some point, I think by the age of 30, 31, it made a click. And I thought, No, I don't have to ask somebody for approval. I am me. I know what it is. I'm not a little girl anymore. I can decide what's right for me. But from that decision, from knowing I know what's right for me to applying boundaries, like Mm. this energy I don't want to have in my life. This person, okay, I can work with you, but I don't have to be friends with you. With loved ones, I love you back, but now I need me time. 
I need to recharge. Mm. I'm a loner, so you know, by by nature. So if I watch something and I have my quiet and I have my cup of coffee, I have my thing, I go alone for a walk, that's how I recharge. And I had to respect it and demand others to respect it so I can function and be my best self. So self-love, you nailed it. Oh, very, very good. And very interesting, the points you just said about, uh, I'm a loner, but you are very extroverted. Here for us, we look and we think we're out and about. For me as well, people think that I'm out and about talking, but I also really like a quiet time by myself to recharge. So we use these, uh, these possibilities of life. It's, um, it's a habit that you have to be introspective. You can use this introspective just to recharge but you go out to achieve other things in the world and you, you can tap in the extrovertive on you and you can tap in other areas. I found very interesting the possibilities we have in life. I talk with this voice now, but there is a whole new possibility of voice for me, for example, and I can tap in there if I give myself a permission to go to another voice or yeah. any area of your life. Um, you can be an employee and you start to be an entrepreneur and just giving you permission to this risk taker on you to come alive and, and give life for this. So this is so interesting for me. Tell me what you expect from your new network what do you want the change you want to cause in the world? Because I saw that you you don't just wait like in the Black Lives Matter and just see it, things happening. You act. So what do you want your network to bring to this world? Great question. And, um, you know, as somebody who... Uh, just to come back to what you just said, I think it's so important to tap into the voice. See, if you're a coach and you teach people, right, how to exercise, nutrition, you know some people require tough love, some people need kindness, some people need quiet voice, some people need loud, some people need pushy. I think it's so important to give us permission to be different because we have mm -hmm. to, we always think, no, I'm this, I'm not that, but we mm -hmm. are a variety and you can find the key to unlock anybody's soul, right? Mm -hmm. And that drives back to the network. So what I see, there's two reasons why I created it. One reason is, and let's start with viewers. So if I watch regular television, I see same faces for decades. I know they're gazillionaires. I know they don't need my views anymore. I know Oprah has more money than the Queen of England. Why do I need to watch you? And so then I feel not related because at some point, and it's a human nature, when you live in your own world, you can't really connect with others. And that's what we felt when this pandemic happened, when celebrities started complaining, oh, I'm in my home, I have only food that my chef makes, I can't go out anymore, feel bad for me. You know, we have this galas and awards and we're like, but people are dying, like, people are hurt, they're not feeling well, right? They're not feeling well emotionally, physically, financially. So that was just really inconsistency in connection, connection there. On the other hand, you have social media world where anybody can post anything. 
And that's now the problem because you have misinformation, you have all sorts of things. Plus you have people who don't have substance. They say, let's say, I'm a coach. Are you? You know, who tested you? Like, who knows that you're legit, mm-hmm. that the information mm-hmm. you provide is legit? When it comes to nutrition or physical exercise, like, do you know that what they tell you is correct? Mm-hmm. You know, I can, I once I Googled keto diet, now I'm always keto diet is all my YouTube. <laughs> Meanwhile, I tried it. It doesn't work for me. I can do it, you know? So then there should be somebody who does select content. But then, mm-hmm. okay. Then they say, well, you post on social media, we will pay you a dollar per 10,000 views, but we will control how many views you're going to get, you know? Mm. So it's kind of like hoping to make money and that hope is what feeds you, but that hope doesn't pay your bills. So there's two Mm. things. I want to have a network that has 10 categories of entertainment from parenting to health, nutrition, business, fashion, entertainment, celebrities. Um, where people tune in, they watch premieres and those creators they love. We have three creators per niche. They also connect with them on social media. They connect beyond the network. They can purchase their product and really work with them if those creators are looking for it. Not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they can watch on demand and live. We also have specific events every month, like in July, we have this Limitless Conference where you're launching your book that I'm so proud and excited about. It's a very big day, July 9th. And uh, Mariana, you're launching your F-Diet book. I'm so excited. Yes. And, and you know, speaking there and doing all of this is just so important that people will tune in and have free education for 10 hours. It's the business mastermind. We have great coaches, right? And so we also donate partial proceeds from that to um, the army of Ukraine, which is very dear and near to me, this cause. Mm -hmm. Then the next month we have another event and we donate again. So it's something where people feel they're part of a family. They have those wonderful creators. They build a relationship with them. And then by the end of two months, our audience also can vote. Do they want new content or they want to proceed with those creators and so on, which motivates everybody to really connect. On the other hand, when it comes to creators, there's three things. We don't own anybody's content because what people don't know once you post or mostly don't know, once you post something on YouTube, they own it. It's in a little print. So they can sell it. They can do whatever with it because you just uploaded it. And we don't do that. We think you have to own your work. We can reserve the right to have premiere it in that specific time before, after, do whatever you want with that. And we also give content creators airtime for free where they can advertise it and charge whatever they want for it. So it's not $1 per whatever views. You name your price. You have 10 minutes per week to advertise. Make money, do your thing, and build a business around it sell your products around it. We will support it. You collaborate with others. And so you can actually build a business. So valuing creativity and hard work and business mindset for creators and providing mindful content for uh, viewers. Yes, it's so important to have uh, uh, a TV where we are inspired and where we can transform ourselves in out of confusion because so many times I feel that the TV, the articles I see around, they create or fear 
or polarizing. There's something they want to catch my curiosity, but I actually just absorb and uh, may maybe get stuck in a place because never inspire me. And uh, I believe your task is to inspire people to transform their lives in different areas. Tell me about this. What do you want in this transformation? What do you want to see inside? I want people to feel like they're seen, that they're respected, that their problems matter, that their thoughts matter, their fears matter, but we don't impose the fear because YTV does it to sell you things from medicine to food to, you know, anything. Because when you're fearful, you're in this mode where you're grabbing anything that will save you, right? So we don't do that. We provide place for conversation. Um, also, when you watch something and that resonated with you, you can connect on social media with the creator and say, hey, I have a question. You know, there's a live stream on social media and you're like, I like this episode, but I want to explore more about it. So it's a real person who teaches you something. And, mm -hmm. you know, what I was thinking when uh, we talked and I was so blessed to interview you and, you know, you have to go through the struggles as a coach, for instance, to teach others mm -hmm. how to do it in half the time, you know, mm -hmm. and half the pain. So People who experienced what they want others, what they know others are experiencing and giving them a solution, whether it is, you know, just to entertain yourself and laugh or have practical advice for finance or parenting or anything, right? Or fashion advice or career, um, then there is substance to it because you've been there, you've done it, and I can trust you because I know you're in front of me, you're a real person and you're giving me that advice so I can trust. If I build trust, you have my attention, you have my trust, then I'm open to be inspired, you know? Mm. Because what other thing can inspire us as motivational speeches? Yeah, it's fine, but it fades out. But if I relate to you and I trust you, whatever you tell me, you then fire up my soul and that's how it's Yes. So much needed because I believe it's all a bunch of habits that we create and accumulate throughout life. And, uh, and we think that's our limitation and that's how we can reach. And if you walk in your network, real advice for finances, real advices for health, real advices in all the areas that you are hitting then your 10 categories people can really change. They can have real change and level up their life in a way that they never thought was possible. Right. And that's what I believe, sharing this information with people that have knowledge and uh, have a core-based business can do to our world. So if you had one thing to tell our audience, what would you say? I would say give yourself a voice. And what you started with as an athlete, professional athlete, you are trained not to give your pain a voice, whether it's physical pain or emotional pain or anxiety. You don't give it a voice. There's no time for that. You're better than that. You're tougher than that. But give yourself a voice, whether it tells you, I'm hungry, I want to eat. I don't want to do this diet. Or... I want to exercise. I want to move around. 
or I want to talk to this person. I don't want to talk to this person. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. Listen to it because the best messages from the universe are whispers. Mm -hmm. Then they're talking to us. Then they're hitting us in the head. And if we ignore it, then a big bomb happens. And then we're backed up against the wall and then we're forced to change. It's like a medical condition or something. But if you really think it led up to it, you just kept ignoring the signs. So listen to the signs, give it a voice. So true. Thank you very much. Please share how my audience can find you, your website and social media, and so they can explore a little bit more your service and your network. Absolutely. So if you go to Honest Network, O-N-E-S-T network.com, you find all the information there. You will find about the Limitless Conference and also how to get uh, Mariana's book and all the info there as well. And if you're a creator and you want to join and kind of see what it is, also go to honestnetwork.com. There's a button called creators and then you find all the info there on social media across social media honest network so and my personal one is honest business so o-n-e-s-t business that's it thank you so much Alga. it's been a pleasure thank you